This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. The NBA, by the way, has a current TV deal that ends. Uh, in the 24-25 season, the league can now start uh, talks with companies other than Disney before April of 2024, unless both waive exclusive negotiation rights. Apple and Amazon are also interested in the streaming packages. NBC is prepared to make a bid to win back the NBA's domestic rights, according to CNBC. Disney and Turner Sports have broadcasted the NBA in the U.S. for more than 20 years, having taken over the rights from NBC Universal in 2002. But Comcast-owned network has reportedly informed the league of its interest. NBC Sports is believed to want a package that would include playoff games to air on NBC broadcast networks. Some regular season games could be exclusive to the media giants Peacock streaming services, although the NBA may also decide to force media companies to simulcast all games on streaming to increase reach. The NBA's next rights rights cycle kicks in from 2025, and the league reportedly is eyeing a massive $75 billion deal up from its current $24 billion arrangement signed in 2014. Two things that go with this. One, this shows you why they don't give a shit in the regular season, why players are constantly missing, even though they're paying them oodles of cash to play 82 games, and you would think they'd play somewhere in the neighborhood of 75, 80 games, miss a couple of games here or there. But a lot of these stars are playing 60 games and they're missing a quarter of the season, you know, pretty much. And this is where they get their money, the TV rights, not from your tickets. And they can maybe act like it's might bother them and they'll address the situation. But in the end, but when they sit down with the CBA and they sit down with the players unions and all that, and they're going to talk about load management and injuries and all that kind of stuff. And do you want them for the playoffs and all that? So they really don't give a crap about the fan. It's not important if you're not in your seat. And then here's the second thing. Why you're seeing these companies bid big time for them. Pandemic. The pandemic taught these networks something. We cannot depend on regular TV shows and movies and all that. That will die out if we have emergencies. Sports was our saving grace during the pandemic. Sports leagues got back on track right away. That gave us programming. So if we can buy 162 baseball games, 82 hockey or, 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 or basketball games, 16 to 20 NFL games, because you start throwing in playoffs and preseason and everything else that goes with it, that is content. And not that there's another pandemic waiting, but the fact that if you do have certain emergencies and if they are medical emergencies or whatever, sports seems to be the one thing that is the shining light in television programming that will fight through all kinds of adversities. Okay. In the sixties in Houston, they played an Oilers game 
the week days or a day or two before a hurricane was about to land. Okay. They played right after uh, the president was shot. Kennedy and Roselle was criticized forever. You got the pandemic and there was sports to bail you out. Once again, sports has been that anchor and television has realized that. So even if they're slightly overpaying, they're also paying for the security blanket of having the consistency of sports. That is your KSDT CPA sports business report. This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, all right, all right. Well, the Chiefs rallied to beat the Eagles 38 to 35 in the Super Bowl to become the third most watched television show in history with an estimated 113 million people watching, according to preliminary numbers released on Monday. Fox said the audience estimates includes the broadcast on Fox, Fox Deportes, as well as streaming on Fox and NFL digital sites. The figures are via Nelson's fast national data and Adobe Analytics. The 2015 game between New England and Seattle on NBC holds the record of 114,442,000 viewers, not including streaming, followed by Super Bowl 51 in 2017 on Fox between Atlanta and the New England Patriots. That had 113,668,000. This was Fox's 10th Super Bowl since it began airing NFL games in 94 and the second most watched program in Fox Sports history. It will also be a slight increase over the 112.3 million average from last year's Super Bowl with the Rams and the Bengals, which was broadcasted on NBC, Telemundo, and streamed on Peacock and NFL digital sites. Now, according to Adobe Analytics... Uh, this year's digital feed averaged a Super Bowl record 7 million streams, an 18% increase over last year at 16 million, and more than double Fox's last Super Bowl in 2020 of 3.4 million. It was the third straight year the streaming average has surpassed 5 million. The first Super Bowl to be streamed was in 2012 to 346,000 people. So it shows you how it's growing and growing and growing and growing. Rihanna's halftime show averaged 118.7 million viewers, making it the second most watched Super Bowl history. Katy Perry's 2015 performance holds the top mark at 121 million. Spanish language audience average for the game, 951,000, the most watched Super Bowl game in Spanish language cable television history. It's also the most watched non-soccer event in Spanish language cable history. And the Spanish language number is down from last year's of 1.9 million on Telemundo, which unlike Fox Deportes, has broadcast affiliates in 90 markets. The Super Bowl, by the way, has been televised in Spanish in the United States since 2014 so the super bowl as always producing some amazing freaking numbers that 
is your KSDT-CPA Sports Business Report. This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT-CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT-CPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. Righty, alrighty, alrighty. This is a this is an interesting story. I don't know if you know about this, Sean. Uh, you can give me a thumbs up if you want. But uh, did you know that Daytona 500 has sold out? Did you freeze? Thoughts? Tickets for the race will once again be brought. Will be once again be broadcasted by Fox on the secondary market. It started as. 150 as of Tuesday, with strong showing at the venue, the Daytona 500 hopes the trend of broadcast eyeballs continues to improve after significant drops in viewership in 2020 and 2021 due to delays and shortened races. 2022 saw a rise of 8.9 million viewers after seeing 4.8 million in 2021. The eighth consecutive sellout for NASCAR's marquee race comes nearly a month after the Daytona International Speedway president, Frank Kelleher, said that the grandstand seats and camping spots had been sold. It had been a bit easier to sell out at the framed 2.5-mile over these days. And in 2013, uh, Daytona Racing uh, renovation was completed in 2016 race. Seating capacity was 147,000. About 46,000 backstretch grand seats were removed as part of the recent downsizing efforts. Atlanta, 17,000 removed, and Charlotte, 41,000. Daytona currently has 101,500 permanent seats, a 31% reduction to 2013. So there you go. Daytona is sold out and ready to go. That town is probably rocking right now. And you want something cool? Sean, where are we going to be on Friday? KSDT. That's right. And our buddy, Jeffrey, who, of course, is the managing partner of KSDT, and Jeffrey Tarabolas is going to join us straight from the pits of Daytona. So he's going to be in Daytona 500 talking to us. And he's going to be walking around the pits and giving us views of the pits and the racers and everything else going on and people preparing on Friday for the race on Sunday. So those of you on Friday, you'll be uh, you'll be in for a treat at one point during the show that uh, Jeffrey will be in the pits at Daytona. This podcast replay is brought to you by KSDT CPA, one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. All right, all right, all right. So Carmelo Anthony and former Sean WWE co-presidents have launched a sports fund. George Barrios and Michelle Wilson are partnering with the 10-time NBA star Carmelo Anthony, and they're launching a firm called ISOS7 Sports Investments. So I'm not sure Law 7 or 
Los Sevens or whatever, I don't know, says we have a shared vision for how a new wave of diverse investors will identify global growth opportunities and impact the marketplace, said Barrios and Wilson. Of the $750 million expected fresh capital, the firm hopes to provide between 50 and $100 million per investment to a global list of sports in entities from leagues to teams. The firm will also donate 1% of its profits to support underrepresented populations and undeserved communities. So first of all, Sean, are you uh, familiar with George Barrios and Michelle Wilson? Um, they were presidents within the WWE executives. Uh, so I'm not really, you know, I've heard the names. I don't know necessarily. I know they're, they're part of the executive team with WWE. Why is it that when I see something like this, it's kind of like the A-Rod thing. Like, yeah, it's the last thing I want to invest in. When I see A-Rod, like in sports investment and uh, advice, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure if I want your advice, dude. And then I see this and I'm like, you know, so. I don't know about this. Would you trust Mello with your money? I know Mello loves his money. He might also love your money, too. I'm not sure, man. I got to tell you. That is one that I'd be a little nervous saying, yeah, I'm all in with you, Mello. By the way, KSDTCPA's office is in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach County, 305-670-3370. So if you live in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach, by the way, we've got an office coming to you in North Carolina very soon. From healthcare advisory to property management to wealth management, they help you. Not just with your personal taxes, your business taxes, but they can help you with your business, period, man. Payroll, sales. Um, uh, personal finance, tax planning, international taxation. If you're looking to sell your business, there's so many ways that they can help you. Accounting services, assurance, they do it all, folks. Check it out at KSDTCPAs and give them a ring. Dade, Broward, or Palm Beach counties, 305-670-3370. Offices in Dadeland, offices in Weston, and in West Palm Beach. Tell them that Big O sent you. They will definitely take care of you.